Most of us in healthcare are warm, caring people who are committed to keeping our patients safe and doing no harm. But there are some among us who do the unthinkable and betray our noble profession. On this podcast, we like to shine a light on the good and the bad. Each week, I'll be joined by another healthcare professional, and together we'll dive into these stories while chatting about nursing and healthcare along the way. I'm Tina, a registered nurse, and this is Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Welcome back to another episode of nursing and true crime and all the things we talk about, all kinds of stuff here, mostly nursing stuff. And then, of course, we have our true crime story that we tell. We do a lot of chit chat on here. So for those of you who like to send me little love notes saying that I chit chat too much, it is a chit chat podcast. So if you're here for just the true crime story, maybe you should move along. Just saying that up front. Just saying. I'd like to welcome my guest host for this week, Maggie, with the podcast Nursing Uncharted. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Tina. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It's so glad to see you. Good to meet you. I got to meet you actually on the NurseCon cruise, and I was so excited to get to meet another nursing podcaster and just, I don't know, just excited to kind of get to start working with you. I love all the people that I get to meet. Isn't it fun? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was such a fun conference and it was so great to meet you and some of the other podcast hosts. And I didn't even know that space was going to be there for nursing podcasts. And I got in, I was like, oh my God, look at all these other podcast hosts. This is amazing. That's pretty cool. I think Nurse Blake is awesome for the support that he gives, you know, to other creators and the support that he gives to the nursing community in general. He's just so, he's such a light to the nursing community. I love it. He really is. I mean, he really embodies empowering other nurses, whether that be new nurses or just nurses in the community, inpatient, or even us, you know, like other podcast hosts. He just wants to lift other people up. And I actually met him just this past week. I was at NTI, the um, teaching institute conference for critical care. And I was literally talking about the nurse con and how great it was. And I turn around and there's Nurse Blake and Brett and just they're like walking around the expo. And I was like, oh my God, you are right here. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, it was great. And he was just like so warm and we had such a great time. And so, yeah, it was such a treat. I was like, and of course, like you're still, you know, keeping up to date and practicing and looking at uh, like all the opportunities at NTI and yeah. He's really cool. I just love it. Well, I've been so busy the past couple of weeks as well. And I would have loved to have been at that conference, but we had some things we were doing on this side of the country where, for one thing, we went to Washington, D.C. on May the 12th that we were there for the the Nurses March. I was asked to speak on safe staffing ratios, which I did. And then the very next day, we were in Nashville, Tennessee, gathering together with other nurses in support of Redonda Vaught for her sentencing. And we've kind of gotten past that now. Thank goodness she has is able to, at this point, sort of move past it or maybe get used to some new normal. I'm really happy for her that she's able to get past this. Isn't she going to be on Good Morning America, I think, in 
the near future. I want to say she is. She is. She. So we are recording this on Friday, May the 20th, and she actually is going to be appearing in the morning, uh, Saturday morning, May the 21st. And actually, Nurse Erica and I will be on Nightline to tonight on Friday night. So if you guys want to look that up, I'm sure you can find the Good Morning America episode on Hulu. I know that you can find the Nightline episode on Hulu. They will be featuring Redonda on that as well. And Nurse Erica and I... Um, were interviewed. And so you can find, I'm pretty sure you can find either of those on Hulu if you guys want to look those up. I just want to say too, if anybody hasn't seen Tina's Instagram post on her speech that she did, I mean, it gave me chills, honestly. But like listening to you speak, I was like, this is all needs to be, I mean, it just resonated with me and obviously everybody else at the Mart. It was just incredible what you were conveying and getting out. So I just so appreciate everything that you do for the nursing community here on the podcast and outside. Well, thank you for saying that. I'm very passionate when it comes to nursing. That's literally why I have a podcast because <laughs> I love to talk about it and bring awareness to issues. And especially when it comes to safe staffing ratios, I'm very passionate about that. I will never shut up about it. So <laughs> if they give me an opportunity to talk about it, I will. And I do get um, excited yeah. and passionate and upset really yeah. about it when I think about you know the danger that the public is in, that our patients are in because of staffing ratios. It yeah. really does bother me. So yeah, I get <laughs> got a little upset about it when I was talking about it. <laughs> Well, I loved it. I was like, this is what everybody is wanting to say, and she's getting it all out there. So if you haven't seen that, go look at it, and it will empower you to make a difference in nursing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And also, you know, we did kind of pass the Redonda Vaught case somewhat. I mean, she was sentenced in, in, in such a way that really she... I don't think is going to have to appeal because she basically has to serve probation. And at the end of her probation, she will have the opportunity to have everything expunged from her record. I don't want to speak for her, but it seems as though she would not need to appeal with our group of almost 13,000 people on Facebook. We've been able to sort of pivot from focusing on supporting her to now focusing on trying to get legislation passed to protect healthcare professionals from being charged criminally for making a medication error, make an error when they're doing their job, what I call a good faith error. So we are actually working with legislators in Tennessee right now, state legislators at the state level. And so we're asking anybody, especially in the state of Tennessee, but any state really, if you are interested in getting involved with these efforts, with this movement, please send me an email at tina at goodnursebadnurse.com. Let me know this, your name and the state that you live in and that you're interested in uh, getting involved with the movement. We'll add you to the list for the state, for your state. And we're working on trying to get nurses from every district in the state of Tennessee. Ultimately, as we move on to other states, we'll be doing the same thing. We want to get nurses as many nurses as we can from every district in the state so that those nurses can focus on their own legislators and they mm -hmm. can let their own legislators know how important it is to them so that they will back it when it comes time when this legislation is um, presented to them. And so we're hoping that it, it will be passed with the next session by next spring. So that's our goal. If you're interested, like I said, send me an email, tina at goodnursebadnurse.com. And you can join the Facebook group if you're on Facebook, Nurses March for Redonda's Law. 
Are you thinking about going back to school to get a master's degree, maybe a family nurse practitioner degree? Well, it's so important to choose the right program. Samuel Merritt University's MSN FNP program has a 100% employment rate after six months. Unbelievable. And Samuel Merritt University has been kind enough to continue to sponsor our podcast, and they want us to let you know they're continuing to offer a $10,000 scholarship to anyone enrolled in their MSN, DNP, or family nurse practitioner programs. If you're interested in getting more information about these programs, you can visit them at smumsn.com. That's smumsn.com. And of course, we'll put that link on our website if you want to just go to goodnursebadnurse.com. I also wanted to remind you that if you're interested in travel nursing, to go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there. And you can also see what they pay, the stipend, the hourly rate, all of that. I'm a travel nurse now with Trusted Health, and I absolutely love working for them. So go to trustedhealth.com, be sure and put forward slash good nurse so that they'll know that we sent you there and fill out a profile today. So I guess we can get started with this. Yeah. This is a bad doctor story. Yeah, this Real is bad. a disturbing story. I definitely want to do a trigger warning for this story. It involves so many things that are just horrible. Domestic violence, it involves suicide, it's attempt anyway. So um, just horrible, horrible issues. And I just, I like to tell people that up front just because even though you like to watch true crime, like I like to watch true crime, but there's some that I'm like, nope, it's this, I can't watch this. Yeah. I have to move on. So, you know, I understand people have different levels of what they can and cannot watch. So or listen to. You never know what people have gone through before, but come into this podcast, they have to know you're going <laughs> to be going through some true crime. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It definitely has that element to it. So there's so many nursing podcasts out there, you know, that talk about nursing. I love them. I love listening to all of them. I love listening to other nurses talk about nursing and issues and stuff. And that we do that some on this podcast, but it it does have the true crime element. So for those of you that that's not your thing, I just like to let people know. So Dr. Raphael Azule was born in 1974. And in the year 2000, he graduated from medical school. He had gone to the University of Miami, the Leonard M. Miller School of Medicine, and he completed a residency at the Orlando Regional Healthcare System. So he worked as an internal medicine specialist in Pembroke Pines, Florida. He was in private practice, but he had privileges with the Memorial Hospital in Pembroke. So in 2013, he met a woman. This woman became his girlfriend. They developed a relationship. They were together from 2013 to 2018. So apparently in 2015, there was an incident that happened, a domestic violence incident that became public, and the hospital uh, severed ties with him due to this incident and all the publicity that surrounded it. Good for them. Yeah. So... On Saturday morning, May 12th of 2018, a SWAT team responded to calls of gunfire from a windmill reserve residence. When they arrived at the scene, they found Dr. Agile's 67-year-old father deceased from gunshot wounds. So he apparently barricaded himself into the home trying to evade the authorities, and eventually he turned the firearm on himself. So he was hospitalized in critical care for gunshot wounds to the abdomen and head. Both. He did both. He, like, one shot, and then that's got to, that's so much, like, it just kind of tells you, like, the kind of determination that that he, 
he had to like his intent, I guess, to like shoot himself in the abdomen and then again in the head. Right. Well, he was charged with second degree murder, but avoided prison time after he elected to accept a plea deal in February of this year, 2022. The plea deal reduced the murder charge to manslaughter with a firearm. It's really hard for me to understand this. Yeah. As I say this out loud, it's so hard to believe. And I feel like there's got to be a lot of holes in there. I mean, we'll kind of keep going through the story, but it seems like we need a lot more information on on what I wish that we could have like an inside view into like what actually went on in the specific case, because it's like, how do you go from a murder charge to just manslaughter with a firearm? That's Mm -hmm. beyond me. For sure. Absolutely. Well, in addition to the murder charge, he faced an aggravated assault charge for allegedly threatening his mother during the shooting. She was was shooting his father. Mm -hmm. So later on, she, they deemed her a a possible hostile witness because they felt like if they had taken the case to trial, she would not admit that he had threatened her. She was going to basically uh, retract her statement and deny that she was threatened. And she said that the the whole thing was accidental. So again, you know, just, I can understand wanting to protect your child, but at the same time, this is somebody who is definitely a threat to society. Yeah. I can't imagine being in that spot where she's like, I just lost my husband and I'm going to lose my son too forever. But in the same breath, it's like, at what point do you take a step back and look at the situation and be like, this man is obviously a danger to my community. And she knows his past and she knows him better than we know him, better than the news knows him. She probably knows his intent and determination better than everybody else. That's just so sad to me. Yeah. It's sad to me too, that she was put in that situation to even have to make that decision, you know, and to, to try to defend him. But it's, it is hard to understand though. It really is. So there were also two counts of battery that involved his then girlfriend from that incident from, from March, 2018. And so the plea deal applied to those offenses and the assault charge was dropped. So the punishment definitely does not fit what the stated crime was. That's why it's just really baffling to me. I don't get this at all. The wounds inflicted on this woman, I mean, just, I mean, the battery, like the, I can't imagine how she's feeling in that situation where she's fearing for her life. Right. Clearly, uh, she was fearing for her life by the it looked like probably mugshot that that had his eyes were just wide open. He was obviously in some sort of state, yeah. you know, clearly suffering from some sort of mental problems. And and I f- I feel for people who have mental health issues. I do. I f- it makes me so sad that we don't have the resources in this country to help people who are suffering from mental health issues. And a lot of times these things escalate because there there are no resources. But in this particular case, you have to know that he had the resource. The resources had to have been available. I mean, they lived in like a million dollar mansion. He was a, a physician. He had resources available if he chose, you know, to access those resources. Whether he recognized that he had a problem or not, I don't know. That again goes along with mental health issues. And we don't know. I mean, because of HIPAA too, like the extent of what his hospitalizations were or hospitalizations, we. We don't know what, because I think it also 
said in that article, like he had been in and out of jail, I think after between now and when this happened for like four years, he was in and out of the hospital and jail. And it was kind of like, what was he in the hospital for? Is this like mental capacity? Did that have something to do with it? Like, we don't know any of those things. We kind of just have to trust the court system that's like a true mental incapacity there, but very scary stuff. Welcome, Leah. I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about your experience with CBD stat. Which product do you actually use? So there's four products, the roll-on, the cream, the salve, and the oil. The two that I use every day are the cream and the oil. What is your biggest benefit? How does it help you? The cream I put on every day after work. I'll shower and then I'll put it on my feet just to help my arches. No more shin splints, just my feet feel more comfortable. And the cream has been a lifesaver there. And then I use the oil to help me sleep. So I just switched jobs. I had been working nights for the last eight years. So the oil was huge on helping me come home and actually get quality of sleep throughout the day. And I wake up feeling well-rested and not groggy like some other medications have made me feel in the past. I didn't realize that about the feet. And I have plantar fasciitis, so now I literally cannot wait to get off here and go try that. And then just the sleep benefit, that one is definitely well known. I hear that a lot in the feedback that I've gotten. As you guys know, their products are 100% THC-free. CBD Stat has a team of engineers that invented a very unique and efficient process to produce CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. They only offer very strong products, greater than a thousand milligrams. If you guys are interested in CBD stat in their product, you can go to cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. Be sure and put the forward slash good nurse, bad nurse in there so they know that we sent you there. cbdstat.care. Be sure and put .care instead of .com forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. It's May, and you know what that means. Nurses Week is coming up, and Echo loves their nurses so much that they decided to amplify Nurses Week and turn it into Nurses Month. They're celebrating nurses all month long to show their appreciation and support for our contributions to healthcare. So in honor of Nurses Month, they are giving away a grand prize of $1,000 toward a trip of your choice. They know that nurses are some of the hardest working people in healthcare, so they want to give us a chance to take some time to relax on them. First place will be a $1,000 gift card toward a trip of your choice. Second place is a $500 gift card towards a flight of your choice. Third through fifth place will be $50spafinder.com gift cards. Submitters can also mention at Echo Health and hashtag Amplify Nurses in an Instagram post for a chance to win instant prizes throughout the month of May. Winners are going to be announced June 6, 2022. You can submit to the sweepstakes at echohealth.com forward slash campaign forward slash sweepstakes. You know, the amplification of Echo Core is something I've come to rely on every day that I work at the bedside. With 40 times amplification and active noise cancellation, the 3M Litman Core Digital Stethoscope is becoming the go-to stethoscope for nurses all all over the country. So go to echohealth.com forward slash campaign forward slash sweepstakes. That's echohealth.com forward slash campaign forward slash sweepstakes. He was sentenced to two years of community control with a GPS monitor, followed by 10 years of probation for the manslaughter charge, and then received a one-year community control and credit for time served for the battery charges involving his then-girlfriend. So his legal team deemed that he was incompetent to stand trial due to a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. His legal team has publicly dismissed his previous partner's concerns that her life may be in danger if he was released from prison. 
Agilet with a traumatic brain injury is not considered dangerous by his legal team, apparently. So his attorney actually said that his previous partner, his girlfriend, she was known as Angela. I don't know if that's her real name. I wouldn't want to say it if it, if it was. I don't, I, I have a feeling it's probably just like a fake name, but that she's gone on record vehemently denying any advocacy for his release. She said that she expressly stated safety concerns to the prosecutors back in December when she learned that the plea deal was on the table. She told them that she was wanting a 12-year no-contact order, and then prosecutors initially suggested a two-year no-contact order. So she supplied local news outlets uh, with photographs of what she claims are the aftermath of the domestic violence cases at the hands of Azule throughout their relationship from 2013 to uh, 2018. And the, the images are so disturbing. You, if you look at those, the picture of supposedly as the victim of this domestic violence um, incident, it is, it's shocking. There's no doubt she went through something horrible. Her face is swollen, deep under eye bruising, laceration on the bridge, bridge of her nose, there, her eye nearly swollen shut. And then another image shows a pattern of purple bruises encompassing nearly the entirety of her neck. Did she ever press charges during those? So I I think events? that what, what happened is what happens oftentimes, unfortunately, in these situations is that she reported it, but then didn't press charges. It's really unfortunate. This happens so often and there's so many issues. There's, it's so complicated oftentimes. And people that are in these situations just can't see the forest for the trees. You know, they're just so blinded by the complexity of the relationship that they can't see what's happening until it's too late. You know, I just feel for everybody involved in the circumstance and this whole situation. I think that's part of the grip of domestic violence is that feeling of guilt and then pull to missing what you had before and longing for that relationship to be good again. I think that's probably in a sense kind of the same situation that the mother was going through too, where you see the good parts of this person and then you can see the absolute horror that this person can also commit, but you're always looking for that love that, you know, what it used to be like and what it could be. Um, I bet that's it's probably, you know, the two same situations. If she wasn't pressing charges and the mom doesn't want to, you know, ad admit that he did anything wrong, you know, it's so sad, you know, the grip that can have on a family. Yes, it really is. And um, at some point would love to advocate for is more resources in our country at the state level and the federal level of for people who are suffering with mental health issues and family members. I mean, this is something that everybody has to deal with when someone's struggling and we need more laws protecting family and victims. It's just unfortunate. It's so sad that it's not taken more seriously. Yeah. I mean, it seems like this man is probably... At, was at some point leading kind of a double life, right? Like probably very charming, very good to his patients, and then had this other side of him. And it's hard to sometimes identify those people as having like a mental health issue until these situations arise. So I think like a lot of ways that the state and like just in our community, how we can like we need to be better at catching those situations and really like honing in on what is specifically going on before he goes and shoots his father. Well, I guess that wraps it up for the bad doctor story. First of all, Florida man. 
I've, it doesn't every situation starts with Florida man. Poor Florida. Florida it's man. It's just like, yeah. you can't. Ugh. There's a whole Reddit, I think, on Florida man. Like, mm. it, like all the news stories about Florida man. Just poor Florida. What is it about Florida? <laughs> it's, I the, don't know. it's the sun. Mm. <laughs> I think it it's just the, gets to people. I think so. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I, yeah, I feel for that woman. I think I read something that she was going to move away and move this move out of state. I would. Yeah, absolutely. There are holes in the story where like we don't know exactly why he was cuz for a little bit like he was unable to stand trial and then they deemed him able to stand trial for it. You know, like traumatic brain injuries can make for sure can incapacitate you. I was a neuroscience nurse for the first three, four years of my career. And we dealt with a lot of patients with traumatic brain injuries. And like that can certainly have a, I mean, huge effect on your daily life ability to like carry out normal situations, but it can also make you very emotionally labile to the point where don't have capacity to like make your own decisions. And you still, if he has any intent there, like he had intent to shoot himself twice. I mean, I think that's very worrisome for me. And I hope that they made the right decision there for her sake and his mom's sake. Hey, nursing students, graduation season is already in motion, and now it's time to plan for the next steps in your career. We know when I started my career, I remember feeling so scared. I was so overwhelmed and just felt really vulnerable. That's why I recommend checking out the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare. HCA Healthcare's year-long nurse residency program is tailored to support newly graduated nurses and ease that first-year anxiety that everybody experiences. They have wonderful benefits like continued education, including state-of-the-art simulation training. They have student loan assistance and tuition reimbursement, endless career growth opportunities, and more. Plus, HCA Healthcare gives you the opportunity to advance your career in one of the largest healthcare systems in the country. And you'll have support from a community of caring, experienced nurses and fellow nurse residents. Don't wait. Students who are preparing to graduate and recent grads are eligible to apply to the nurse residency program at HCA Healthcare. Learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com slash residency. HCA Healthcare, an equal opportunity employer. Did you know that you don't have to go all across the country to be a travel nurse? You certainly can, but you don't have to. I literally took an assignment that's an hour and a half away from my house, and I love it. I can stay in a hotel room if I want, or I can drive back home. So it's the best of both worlds for me. For my next assignment, we're going to get a cabin in the mountains that's about two hours from our house. So it'll really be like a little getaway. Also, one of my really good friends is going with me so we can share expenses. You guys, even if you're just a little curious about travel nursing, go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and what they pay. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile. Well, I guess we can move on to our good nurse story. So excited to get to chat with you and just let our listeners find out who you are and about your podcast. And there's some, you've got a little interesting backstory that kind of has to do with you, with your social media following and, and that sort of thing. So I wanted to just sort of dive into that. First of all, let everybody know, you know who you are about your podcast and your social media presence and all of that. 
Yeah. So my name is Maggie Reichardt. I'm the podcast host for Nursing Uncharted, which is a podcast that focuses on introducing nurses to all the ways that we can use our licenses. After the last two years, we've seen so much burnout. Everybody knows about this, you know, burnout where you're unhappy where you are. And I think this podcast is just to help facilitate this shift that we're seeing where everybody is trying to find their niche within nursing. There's just so many different things that we can do with this license. And my hope with the podcast is that it would maybe help nurses from leaving nursing that maybe we can figure out, like help reignite that passion for nursing that we've lost over the last few years. Um, so we talk about inpatient jobs, we talk about outpatient, we talk about procedural areas and outside the hospital altogether. So like I'm going to have a school nurse on in a little bit. I just had a CRNA. Um, we talk about advanced practice opportunities and what that might look like if you're looking to go back to school. There's so many options out there for us. And that kind of Roots back to my travel nurse experience. I had, I've been a nurse for eight years and I was in um, acute care for seven of those years and I did travel nursing for about four. I did 13 or 14 assignments from 2017 to 2021. I wanted to just explore all of the different types of nursing that were in my scope at the time. So I was acute care, med surge. So I ended up doing, as a travel nurse, that opens up a lot of opportunities as far as inpatient positions, but also outpatient, some clinics and procedural areas. You know, I just like did whatever was available to me. I ended up doing cardiac, stroke, uh, a lot of neuro. I did GI, transplant, I did endoscopy, I did rehab, summer camp, endocrinology, outpatient, oncology. It really just opened my eyes in the ways that we can, all of the different things that are available to us. So I kind of wanted to share that with other people with the podcast in all of the different ways where we can work. So sometimes as someone who's sort of out there in the public eye and posting things on social media and doing public engagement, you know, speaking and obviously the podcast, I sometimes I worry a little bit that I'm going to get called into the office, the <laughs> HR office, like some random thing. I said, does that ever like bother you? Do you ever get worried about that? I have been in those shoes before. It's a really interesting position that we're in as podcast hosts, I think, because we still, we both still work full time as nurses. And we also still have this, this tie to our national and universal community as nurses. And so having the pull to be a part of both worlds can sometimes collide. You know, I love TikTok. It's sucked away so much of my <laughs> life in the last two years, <laughs> just like so many others. And I wanted to get into that space. And I was just thinking about why all the reasons nurses are leaving the bedside. I mean, like all the pressure that we endure and the feedback that I've gotten from the podcast and everything. And so I got on TikTok and my TikTok, I currently inactive, it's just me and my dog. For the most part, <laughs> I'm not on there like doing a lot of nursing things. But I decided to make this TikTok about all the different reasons why nurses are leaving the bedside. 
And I used that audio, that A, B, C, D, E, F. But I listed off all the reasons like we're understaffed and we have unsafe work assignments and not paid well. And I just was like, yeah, I posted it in my scrubs and in my kitchen and it went viral. Like within two, three days, there was like a million and a half people that saw it. I was like, oh, I don't have any other content. It's just me and my dog. But I was like, I obviously hit a nerve. And the community that that popped into my TikTok was incredible. And so TikTok's algorithm, when you when you go viral like that, it also so it goes viral within the nursing community, like who is actually scrolling through. It also, I found, goes viral locally. Oh. <laughs> so everybody at my job saw it. Everybody at work saw it. And a lot of it was very positive. I mean, they're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. you're famous. <laughs> but um, it did land me a seat in HR because they were like, you are obviously don't like where you work. And I was like, I do like where I work. I mean, I've moved from acute care to the ICU in the last year. And that was really a good move for me. I was done with acute care. I think I was trying to think critically on four or five people and it was really burning me out. And I just wanted to focus on one or two. And we have a really good team. And I'm really happy that I made that change. But They didn't see my universal tie to the community of nursing. All they saw was, you know, me being a nurse at their facility. And so I had to kind of make that connection and explain that I have this ability to look out and see all of the problems that we're facing as a profession. It's not necessarily specific to my one job that I was trying to resonate with other nurses too. And I'm burned out. I have those same kind of stressors just like everybody else. But it was, it was, it's certainly a balance that I've had to learn being a podcast host and having this platform and having your voice carry so much weight to it. So it's something that I'm still, you know, we're Mm -hmm. still working on. Well, it's sort of a fine line because I feel like I have the right in my personal or my private time to talk about the profession of nursing and not have to worry about what my employer is going to say to me or, or, you know, how they're going to treat me. And there's, that there's going to be some sort of backlash Mm -hmm. because of it. I feel like as long as I'm not saying anything negative about my employer, the nursing profession is suffering and struggling right now and healthcare in general is so all across the country. And it's, as you said, I can look out and see what's going on everywhere. It's not be talking necessarily about the one hospital where I'm working. There may be issues there, but I, it is not, it's not my place. And I would not publicly come out and say something specific about that hospital. I don't feel like that'd be appropriate at all. I would not do that. Really the hospital where I'm working right now, I am, I'm a travel nurse and where I'm working right now, I love it. And I've bragged on it so much to people. It's a great hospital. The people there are amazing. The patients, the patient population there is amazing. I love the people in the region. I noticed that right away within about a month of my first assignment. I remember just thinking, wow, the people in this area are so nice. Like at first it was like, oh, I had a nice patient today. And then, you know, I went through that a few times. And at some point, about a month later, I'm like, everyone's just nice (laughs) in this area. It's just so, so neat. (laughs) And the people that work there are are like that as well. The other nurses, the, you know, 
providers, like everybody's easy to work with. It's a great hospital. And if there are any issues, I'm not, it's not my place and I would never get on my podcast and call them out for it. I don't think that would be appropriate. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's because there's bigger frisks to fry. We have like, we're, you're speaking about Mm -hmm. legislature on the state and federal level. I mean, this is, there's so much more that we're trying to focus on other than just where we work. I do feel like because I'm not a traveler anymore and I think staying in one spot, I totally understand like where they were coming from. I feel like I would have a little bit more leniency, I think, if I was moving contract to contract. It's just a balance. But I do want to find that balance and be able to help the national nursing community, you know, find their voice and help us all as a Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to talk about with, I don't know, just anything about your life or career that you'd like to talk about? I think reaching out to nurses about the fact that they're not alone in their stress and their burnout is so incredibly important in um, retention, retaining our, our our nurses here. I mean, I'm big for if you need a change, please change. Please, you know, go out and find what's going to serve you best. But there's also something to be said about strengthening the work environment that you're at and like holding each other up and identifying burnout where you see it and just trying to go the extra mile to to help out your coworkers. It's a hard balance. I think everybody is really just at their wits end, you know, where they're at. But I think if we can come together as a community in whatever way that looks like for you, whether it just be, you know, being a little bit more compassionate to the nurse that's working next to you, or if it's getting involved in other ways within nursing, I think we need to try and strengthen each other. You know, it's a scary time to be a nurse, for a lot of ways. So I think we're all just trying to get through it and we won't get through it if we don't do it together. That's so true. And I don't, I think that together, you know, as a collective, we're a lot stronger, you know, than individually. We're able to affect change a lot better if we can come together and show unity. Yeah. So many times we try to get together and there's discord among individuals and it's just not helpful, you know? Yeah, it really is. I mean, there's, we can get so caught up in, in the negativity and being, you know, individuals and just like, I'm just going to do my three twelves and I'm going to go home. And like, if that's what you need in this moment, do it. I mean, that's what I did for four years as a traveler. And even now, like in my permanent job, I think I'm, I'm still trying to like find that balance between only giving enough of myself necessary to do the job. But then I'm also trying to like be more a part of this community and being more a part of this team. It's a hard balance to find within nursing. The resiliency that we've seen in the last, you know, year or so has been really palpable. I have hope for the nursing profession, but I think it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of support from us, from our other nurses, from social media outlets, from the community, from the state and federal legislature. It's going to take a lot of work to get to the other side. I agree 100%. 
And I also, you guys, I want to remind you that we haven't really talked a whole lot about it. There's been so much going on with the with the Redonda Vought case and NurseCon and all of those things. But the PodCon that we did last year in November, we're going to do it again this year. And so in September, on September the 24th, we are planning something really special. It's going to be in Austin, Texas. And so those of you who are interested in coming just stay tuned and we'll come come around with some more details. So it's, we know where exactly we've got a venue and we're still a little bit up in the air about exactly the structure of it. But let me just say that so far, the things that we're planning is going to be so much fun. So just to stay tuned for some more details coming later on down the pike. And remind everybody, Maggie, where they can find you and your podcast. So we are on Instagram at Nursing Uncharted. You can find our podcast on Spotify and Audible, and we are also on and Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us on YouTube at Nursing Uncharted. We film the episodes as well. And we put out an episode every other week on Tuesdays. Awesome. And you guys know you can find us on social media at Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And you can email me at Tina at GoodNurseBadNurse.com. Love to hear from you guys. And I also want to remind you that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, be a good nurse.